Are you struggling with fear, depression, or anxiety? Are you in search of meaning and purpose? Would you like help navigating your current life circumstances? Tarot can help. Tarot is a powerful tool for healing, introspection, and spiritual awakening. The Esoteric Toolkit is a synthesis of ancient wisdom and modern science. It consists of tarot, numerology, astrology, and the hermetic principles in conjunction with the modern science of consciousness. The revelation and application of this knowledge gives you the tools you need to help master your life, organize your mind, and overcome depression, fear, and anxiety. Learn to manifest your dreams and come into alignment with your highest self and the universe. Book your private one-on-one -on -one tarot reading today. Click the link in the description or go to www.theorderofchaosmagic.com. You can also find monthly tarot packages, a private Discord community featuring shadow work, and Mercury Retrograde support groups, and much more by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash theorderofchaos. Welcome back to the Order of Chaos podcast and to Wiser Books Month. Today, my guest is Teresa Reed, and we will be speaking about her new book, Twist Your Fate. Teresa, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Sanri. Thank you so much for having me here today. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm so excited. This is so cool that I get to interview um, so many great authors through Wiser. I'm, I'm so grateful for it, and I absolutely loved your book. I felt a little bit called out in it. A couple of times <laughs> and that's something i want to ask you about um i i just it's great i mean i think astrology is such a complicated topic and it was so intimidating to me a few years ago that i just looked at it and said there's no way i can learn this but it's because of books like yours that make it approachable and learnable and understandable i'm, I'm just so grateful that these things exist and yours is one of the best i've ever read um so yeah just to get right into it i i know that in the book you in the beginning tell your story but for our listeners who maybe haven't read the book yet or thinking about picking it up can you kind of tell us how you got into astrology and and how you got to be where you are today sure absolutely uh i actually got into it by accident but you know is it an accident who knows i was in high school like most young people trying to figure out you know who am i what's this thing called life why do i not fit in why do i feel like an alien and I actually had the good, good fortune of having a friend whose mother happened to be an astrologer. And so back then, and this was a long time ago, 40 years ago, she said, I'm going to look at your chart. And I'm like, oh, hmm. And, you know, I'd read a bit of horoscopes in the newspaper. Of course, we used to have a, a section in the paper called the green sheet. And they had horoscopes and puzzles and all of that. So I was like vaguely familiar with what it was all about, but not really. And this woman sat down and did my chart and it blew me away i mean that's really what happened i'm like wow this makes a lot of damn sense so uh naturally then i'm a very curious type of person and i uh when i get into something i really get into it so i started studying astrology pretty much from that day forward 
I got really gung-ho. I read anything that I could get. And, you know, that was it. That's what started it. And I've been uh, reading uh, astrology now for over 40 years, and I've had a tarot deck in my hands also for over 40 years. I, I mean, I can really relate. From the moment that I opened my first tarot deck, I can't imagine going a day without them. I just can't. It's It's crazy. And then it was actually... For me, astrology came later, again, only because it was intimidating. It's a, it's a complicated chart when you're looking at something. To, there's a lot to understand. Um, but I just couldn't – I mean, like, you, it's so blown away because you, when you know what you're looking at, you can look at this and say, this is me. And rather than wondering why am I like this, why am I like this, why is this happening, you can just be like, oh, that's why. You right. Know, and that's – it's such a relief on the mind and on the soul. It gives you the ability to to let that question go because you have your answer. It and also gives you uh, the, the uh, opportunity to go deeper too. Mm -hmm. Much, much, much deeper. I mean, to places where like things about yourself that you you may instinctively or intuitively understand, but have no real cognitive um, knowing about. You know, things that are purely uh, purely feeling. And and I'm no expert astrologer, by the way. I'm. You know, I have a basic understanding of astrology, and um, and I actually was going to ask you why now because, I, and I'm not saying that one system is better than others, right? I landed on using whole sign houses and the classical planets largely because I feel that it's a great way to start learning, right? Before you go into a more complicated system. But why did you land on Placidus? Because really simply, that was the first introduction. But okay. let me let me well, it's not entirely true. I mean, I remember looking at the whole science and I was playing around with that in the beginning, but the real system that I got introduced to, and I still have one of my original books over here somewhere, uh, oh, here it is, is Placidus. And this is a book, The Astrologer's Handbook, and it's still not in too bad a shape, but I got this book by Francis Cohen and Lewis uh, S. Acker. And once I got that and started working with Placidus, I'm like, for me, it made sense. Plus, what I liked is that it added intercepted houses, which I'm really into. So basically, it's kind of like that's the first thing I really, truly got into, even though I started with whole um, houses. And once that clicked for me, it's like this is where I want to go. You know, and I know a lot of people who actually started with Placidus and went to whole science, and they say it's more accurate. And I always like to say, if you want to get a bunch of astrologers angry, get them together in the room and ask them, which house system is the best? We all have such strong opinions about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and I don't, I'm not saying that one's better than the other. I don't have an opinion like that. I use whole signs because I, it's more understandable to me. I do feel that Placidus is more nuanced, but I'm not at that level yet where I want to take on that nuance. Um, but I do find the house, and you know, and there's also... Like uh, Vedic astrology, Indian astrology, yep. and other house systems, and all of these are are valid to. Um, there, I've I've personally seen that there can be truth in all of them, right? And that leads me to wonder, like, what's really going on here? But um, and and my sort of intuitive answer is that I wonder if certain people aren't like programmed with different uh, astrological systems in the part of their inner working. I don't know. Um, but it's endlessly fascinating, and there's a tremendous amount of accuracy, especially in your book. Uh, now, in your book, <laughs> you went through um, the chapter, uh, The God of War at Work, I believe is the title of the chapter. We're talking about Mars. Uh, my Mars placement is Cancer, and that's the only placement in my entire chart where I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, I wish that were different. <laughs> that's a hard Mars. 
That's a very, very hard Mars. And Mars really tells so much about your drive, your ambition, how you fight, how you make love. You know, it has a lot going on there. So it's a planet that I love to dive into. Yeah, it's, it's I would say, equally, it's, it's like as important as your big three, but lesser known. And it doesn't, it, it maybe doesn't um, express itself in your every moment of every day like your big three does. But right. I mean, right behind it, right? Yeah, it's really important. And also, another thing that's really important to me is Saturn. I'm a Saturn freak. I love mm. everything about Saturn. And Saturn is one of the planets that's really maligned. Everybody hates Saturn. They think it's a bummer. It's the Debbie Downer of the astrology. And I'm like, now, wait a minute, though. Saturn has a great purpose it really shows you the big lesson that you're here to learn it's going to keep mm -hmm. hammering and hammering on you until you get it right and if you lean into saturn and really work with it i really truly believe that that becomes magic for you so i'm all about saturn and i think mars is important too i mean all the planets to some degree are important but one of the things that i like to do if i'm really working with somebody saturn is where it's at i'm like ding 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 let's play around with saturn now because that's where you need to do the work. Jupiter's where you're lucky, Venus is where you love, Mars is where you fight, but Saturn's where the problem is. And you know, it makes total sense to me. Like if you're building a house, and let's say you're building it on land that's uneven, are you gonna sit there and worry about the windows and how they look or the interior design? No, you're gonna get that problem solved first, so then you can make everything beautiful. And that's the way I really like to view astrology. Let's find the problem first. Who cares about the good stuff? find the problem, fix that. Now let's move ahead. I totally agree. In fact, I would say that the problem, that's where the, the good stuff really is. Uh, and this is true with the tarot also. Um, I have so many tarot clients, uh, fewer, you know, I include astrology in my readings, but I'm not an astrologer, right? Mm -hmm. I include it in my tarot readings. I like to look at someone's chart and say, okay, well this and this, they go together. This, this will help you understand. But so many of my clients are afraid of their Saturn return. They're afraid of the death card. They're afraid of the tower card. These are the best cards and this is the best planet because it'll show you how to get past what's making you so uncomfortable or what you need to grow out of or where you need to go in order to get to the next level, right? So I've never been a fan even of the term malefics when it comes to planets because it gives you this idea that, oh, these, these are the bad planets, but they're not bad. Right. The, your Saturn return and the tower. These are, these are things that you have to go through. And if you don't go through them, you'll be stunted in life and that would be bad. Amen. I'm actually coming on to my second Saturn return. Uh, it's coming next year. So I'm like right on the cusp of it. But since I'm one of these people that likes to plan, I've already been preparing for it for the last year, really getting ready for this phase. It's an important phase. I don't look at the Saturn return like, oh my God, now you're going to have all this hard stuff going. I was like, no, wait a minute. Now you got a chance to straighten some crap out. Yeah. Now let's get to work. Let's roll up your sleeves. And for the first Saturn return, that's the time where you really start growing up and becoming an adult. You got to stop laying on mom's couch. It's time to really figure out what is your purpose? What is meaningful work? Um, who are you and what are you going to contribute to the world? And how are you going to handle your business? And the second Saturn return, which is the one I'm coming to, it's like, oh, you're going to be leaving the workforce soon. What are you going to do then? What's your next chapter? Are you ready to leave the workforce? Do you have things in order? Do you feel that you learned the lessons from that first Saturn return? If not, what are you going to do about it now? You know, so it really gives you like a review. And then 
I mean, it's time to prepare for that next chapter. And for a lot of people, if they've really handled their business right, the second Saturn return could be the pinnacle years with your career too. It could be extremely rewarding. So the Saturn return is never terrible. It's like, wait a minute, you get a chance to get it right now and you get another chance to get it right. And then there's a third Saturn return. If you're lucky to live as long as my father did, where now you get to prepare for the ultimate journey, which is going to the other side. You know, so none of it is negative. It's about preparing. And when I think of the death card and when I think of the tower, I mean, to me, those cards, sure, they look kind of scary, but they're the cards that really um, are showing you something needs to go now. Mm -hmm. Something needs to go to make way for something better. What in your life are you holding on to that just doesn't belong there any longer? Let's get rid of it. I'm actually in the yeah. middle of purging a whole bunch of crap around here. And so I'm like cleaning and throwing out tarot decks. And I mean, I'm like going gung-ho just to create space. We do that with our physical things, but we also have to do that with our life and our relationships. And I think those cards often are talking more about that than anything else. Absolutely. When I when I pull those cards in a reading, and they do often come together, uh, if I pull the terror, uh, the tower and death for a client, I think, oh my God, thank God. Like, good for you. This is awesome because you're about to level up. You're going to get rid of some things that aren't working for you. Sure, it might be a little bit difficult, you know, over the next few months as you go through the tower, but at the end of it, you're going to be a whole new you. You're going to have a rebirth moment, the death card, right? Because death, the death card is, it's the phoenix. You know, yes. it's, it's re death and rebirth. It's not just, oh, you're going to die. Like, the, come on. That's the Ten of Swords. That's not the death card. <laughs> you, you know, know what's really funny, though? Anytime I've done readings, and it's rare, and you know this as a reader, it's very rare you're going to see something like death in a reading. But anytime I've ever had that come up in a reading, it's never been the scary cards. It's always been like the sun, you know, like everything's going to be great. So it's weird. It never shows up for me like, uh, oh, the Ten of Swords. It's usually always like, oh, you got the sun. Looks like uh, you're getting a rebirth. Life's going to get a lot better. Then boom, something happens. And the sun, by the way, is my favorite card. Yes, I have an interesting. So I'm a double Leo, uh, Scorpio ascendant, uh, Leo, uh, sun and moon. And the sun card, I have a weird... Okay, this is just a weird anecdote, and this happened a number of times, and I don't know what to make of it. Okay, I've had a number of clients who, and one of them was a really interesting case because she had actually a tumor on her pituitary gland, which was manifesting in her dreams as a demonic entity. Yeah, interesting. Now, and a couple other times through work with um, my business partner, Dragon Witch Shop, I've had to uh, it, <laughs> confront some sort of negative entity and when i do they always show me the sun card and i feel like they're like they're laughing at you i'm mm -hmm. not i'm not really sure what to make of that but it's, it's interesting that you brought that up i love the sun obviously i love the sun card in in context of a, of a positive reading um because as a leo that's where i'm i'm happiest but of but there's course. also that sort of a strange sort of darkness to it that i don't fully understand well, one thing I like to say is that we live in a culture that is very, very um, death adverse, mm -hmm. grief adverse. We live in a culture that has a lot of fear about these things because we don't want pain, which is ultimately what we're scared of. The pain of maybe losing a loved one, the pain of no longer being here, or the pain of like, oh my God, if I'm you know, sick, is this going to really be physically a horrible thing? So we live in this culture that really has a lot of fear around these things. And that's why also when we see the death card, 
this is what it triggers in us because we are told in society that death is bad, getting ill, and, and by the way, being sick is bad, but you know what I mean? It's like, if we can be present with these things, we can learn from them, they can be opportunities for growth. And I mean, I don't know, I just have a very different viewpoint about that, which by the way, I've got a moon in Scorpio, full eighth house. So when I think of like the death card and I think about the sun and I think about all these heavy duty things, or even the way tarot has a stigma. And so it's a scary thing. A lot of these things that you're scared about, it's because you've been told to be scared about it. Maybe 100%. it's not like that. Maybe it's not really like that. Yeah, maybe it's not. I don't understand the stigma around tarot at all, except to lump it in with the stigma against all things considered psychic or whatever, you know, um, which I think is is silly, because if you have any kind of understanding of science, you know that we only experience less than 1% of reality, you know, and that that it is largely a um, hallucination created by your own mind anyways. So why not? look into the unknown at least and again it probably comes from fear people are afraid of what they don't understand but i love this stuff i live for it <laughs> i remember um when i was not much older than my son is now i mean you know he's six i must have been seven eight nine something like that when i it just occurred to me that because i, I at the time i was um helping my father build a computer Oh, wow. And, uh, and yeah, we were talking about like a 486, like before the Pentium chip was invented, you know, and he was explaining to me how it all worked. And I was learning about MS DOS and about like this new thing called Windows. And it just occurred to me as a child, like, oh, okay, astrology is like using DOS. It's like the coding yeah. language, it's the programming language. And then what you see and do, this is Windows. And, um, not until my my late twenties that I I like really latch onto that and say okay wait no I I need to study this I need to get into it but I always just kind of knew that there was a coding language behind reality and that it could be somewhat understood by us by looking to the stars or to tarot or to tea leaf readings or to psychic phenomenon in general and that's just always been the way I look at it so. I, I wish I had gotten into astrology sooner. And again, it was because it's intimidating because it, to me, it looks like four dimensional algebra <laughs> when you're, when you're looking at a chart. Um, but one of the things I love about astrology really, really love is that it's a great way to talk to people who don't really have a sense of spirituality, but do have a sense of mysticism because astrology requires no real spiritual belief. There is no spiritual belief system. It's about the movement of the stars. And yet it can be a great bridge to a, a more spiritual understanding of reality. I totally agree. And I love, by the way, I love your analogy about the DOS. I think that's a beautiful analogy because, I mean, I also look at tarot and astrology as nothing but patterns. Yeah. They're just patterns. You're just looking at the patterns. How does this go together? But it is, I think astrology is the perfect, perfect bridge for people who want to understand themselves, their place in the world, but also maybe in a way it can be a, a path to getting more spiritual or connecting with something other than yourself. I mean, you're connecting yeah. with the heavens. I mean, there's so much, and by the way, I'm one of these people, I'm really flipped out about space. I've got this little space background here. Space mm -hmm. has always kind of terrified me. I talk about this all the time too. I'm like, black holes freak me out because there's so much we don't know. Mm -hmm. What's on the other side of this thing? What is out there in space? And so I think about space and I think about stars and planets and black holes and all this stuff all the time. There's so many things out there. We are just these little specks and trying to figure out how do we connect with all of this? 
this greatness, mm-hmm. this big, huge thing that's bigger than ourselves. I, I think that's something we're all trying to figure out here. Absolutely. And it, that's so this is another area where I feel people get scared. And it, it even scares me a little bit when I try, not that I'm capable or that any human being is capable, when you try to understand how tiny we are relative to the universe, it's incomprehensible. We, to say we are a speck is like, no, 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 you're a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck, you know, times infinity, because we're we're nothing. You know, our entire solar system is nothing. Our star, our sun, everything, it's nothing compared to what's out there, to the universe. And that that definitely freaks me out a little bit. And that it goes down too, right? We can look at the subatomic, we can look at the quantum universe, and we can look at um, even if our own um, systems, right? Like you, Teresa, are not, you are Teresa, but you're, you're also three trillion individual life forms having a party named Teresa. Like, <laughs> you know, and they, they all are conscious and, and living and doing what they're supposed to be doing, just like we're here doing what we're supposed to be doing. They're performing their patterns, and that allows us to be human beings. Now, what, what patterns are we going through, right? Um, it's, it's really interesting. And the disconnect, like you were talking about connecting about something more than yourself. Well, you know, people love to believe that they are as individual as can be. Like human beings are really attached to our individualism. And this, me too, I, I love my individuality. But we got to understand you're part of something much, 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 much bigger. To even, even just the planet, even just planet Earth. We're, we're a part of planet Earth. And humans, people seem to in my observation, have a fundamental sort of disconnect from nature in that mm-hmm. we view ourselves as separate of nature. We always view ourselves as what are, what are humans doing that's harming the planet? I'm like, but I mean, yes, that's true. Of course, we need to take care of the planet. But I'm saying, but when we, we need to look at through, through the lens of we are the planet, like what's, what's going on here instead of viewing ourselves as being so separate of everything? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things I also think about all the time is that you know, we're made of atoms. We're made of the same atoms, but they're rearranged in different ways. Mm-hmm. We're also breathing in the same damn air. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I right now, we are not in the same room. We're looking at each other on a computer screen, but I'm breathing in and out, and you are breathing in and out the same air. We are connected by that air. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so we are not separate. You and I are also breathing in the same air that, you know, the President of the United States is breathing in. We're breathing in the same air as someone all the way over in Kyoto, Japan. We're all breathing in the same air. So, I mean, that is another thing I think about all the time. It's like, you know, we're connected by the breath. And the Mm -hmm. breath is the first thing we do when we come into the world. It's the last thing we do when we leave. Breath is like pretty, pretty powerful stuff. And again, it's another way we're connected to something greater than ourselves. Because, I mean, when you think about breathing in air, that stuff too is kind of like, what the hell is this that we're yeah. doing here? I think about things like that too all the time. It's, it's mind boggling. We can't, and what's crazy is that we can't know, you know, we, we know that we can't know. I think that that is the difference between uh, mystics and, and really hard material sciences is that they think we can know. We, we kind of know that you can't know. You got to get comfortable with not knowing because we have no idea. We have, we have very intelligent guesses. And and that's wonderful, yep. and I love science, but we don't know. <laughs> it's we very really difficult. don't. Yeah. You know, we're all going around trying to figure it out. And tarot and astrology are great tools, and they're going to answer a lot of things for you. And there's still so much mystery 
to being here on this planet. There's so much mystery to being here in this human form right now. There's a lot of mystery about the afterlife. I mean, and uh, I'm a very curious Gemini. I always want to know about everything. I want to, I, I mean, I came out of the womb asking why, mm -hmm. why? And tarot and astrology have been very helpful. You know, there's still so much to uncover and I want to stick on this planet as long as I can to see what else I'm going to discover and how to work with all this stuff in the best way possible. Yeah, I, I think that that's the point. Like, why do we come here? And and again, that that implies a spiritual belief that we come here, right? But that's my personal belief. And I, I'm always wondering, like, what am I doing here right now? Um, and that's something I'm always trying to figure out. <laughs> and, and astrology is the greatest tool that I'm aware of to figure that out. I find that tarot is wonderful for working with the energies of right now. Astrology is a much better tool for looking at the, the bigger picture. Um, and that maybe that just be the way that I use tarot and the way that I use astrology. I'm not saying one's really uh, for one thing or another, but that's how I tend to look at it. I can look at astrology and look at, look at the future in the far ahead and mm -hmm. how I'm developing as a human being. And with tarot, I'm looking at what's happening right now and what are the future potentials and with both those tools put together and then if you throw in some numerology in there too then you can really start to say okay I, i'm really starting to see this bigger picture of my life and what i'm doing and maybe where i should be going and what i love about your book and even its title twist your fate is that you can use you really give people the understanding through your book to use these tools exactly that way, to look at the bigger picture, to look at where you're going and to say, okay, wow, I could go down this path or I could do it in this path. And it's a matter of, of very uh, small decisions that you're making here and there, yeah. you know, that you may not be cognizant of if you're not looking at this stuff. That's totally true because I always say that most people sleepwalk through life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times over the years when I was reading for the public, people come in and they'd be like, oh, I don't know why I'm in this relationship. And, you know, they're not thinking about what they're doing and how it might impact them down the road or impact the earth or other people around them. And tarot astrology really puts you right in the present moment. So you can really start looking at, okay, what did I do that led up to this? And what are my options now? And where am I going to go from here? And I also just say for me, um, astrology is a roadmap. Okay, when your your natal chart is your roadmap, this is your map, this is your potential, this is where you could maybe go down a wrong turn. This is, you know, what tools that you have, what kind of a car you have, so to speak. And the current transits in the sky, well, that shows you the traffic. Now you've got to figure out, well, how do I navigate this traffic? How oh, do perfect. I figure out how to go along with this? And then tarot shows you the detours. Tarot mm -hmm. really, really helps with the detours. And what you said is very brilliant about tarot being this present moment thing. Because really what tarot is showing you is like, here's where you are right now based on what you did back then. Now let's look at what's ahead. If you don't like the way this is looking, if you don't like the planets, well, what are your options? Let's see what we could do. And like Tim Gunn says, I like to always say I'm the Tim Gunn of tarot. Uh, make it work. Make yeah. it work. And that's really what it's all about. Make it work. Now, you know, there are, I'm one of those people also, I straddle fate and, and free will. There's some mm -hmm. things in life that are very fated. You really, I mean, the family you get stuck with, if you, well, unless you've got a great family, but if you've got a family of mine, very dysfunctional, did I choose this? Well, you could say on a spiritual level, but on a very physical level, it's like, oh my God, I'm stuck with these people that I do not relate to at all. So, I mean, that could be fate, but the free will is like the free will to say, you know what? I'm not going to do the same thing these people do. I'm mm -hmm. going to choose a different life 
and I'm not carrying on this legacy that they have. So that's, you know, how I like to feel about it. There's certain things we are kind of quote unquote stuck with. There's things, you know, because of the way humans live that we may get certain aspects in our life that make it unfair or make it harder. But there are also some choices we can make in many matters. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I try to instill upon all of my clients, um, especially if I'm, I, I get, I want to say triggered, but I, I have a strong reaction to that word fair, because nothing is fair. Nothing in the universe is fair. There is fairness is an abstract concept that only exists in the mind of human beings. That's the only place it exists. It's not real. There's nothing is fair. <laughs> so get get past fair. You know, if you're out there thinking life's not fair, that's right. It's not. And it's never going to be. That's all there is to it. But you can take that knowing and then navigate through life in a way where things might, that unfairness might go in your favor rather than to your detriment, right? Because it, but it's not going to be like everything's even and fair. That doesn't happen. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. So now I, I loved, like I said, I love the chapter on Mars. Um, and, and it really spoke to me because the first story was about a person with, with Mars and cancer, but what other placements do you find are like particularly difficult that you might, um, show some concern about for Mars well, or for any planet? I mean, just anything. Yeah. Well, first of all, the one thing I do want to say is every planet in every sign has a good side and a bad side. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's never anything like this is just the worst ever. I've got a moon in Scorpio. Every astrology book says this is the worst moon. Oh, my God, this person has got, you know, a bad temper. They're secretive, blah, blah, blah. And there's certain elements of that that are true. You know, I'm certainly I like being by myself and I've got a horrific temper. That's very true. But when you only look at things from that black and white perspective, you're also missing the gift of that particularly quote unquote bad placement. So I like to think there are some things that are are a little more challenging, but you can learn to work with it. If we're looking at Mars, Mars and cancer is not easy. Why? Mars is fire, cancer is water. And so here we've got a lot of steam. We've got a lot of emotion that could be impacting the decisions you're making and your drive and your ambition. Uh, and sometimes when those emotions are too big, it really can drown that fire out. So people yeah. who have a Mars in Cancer, they've got to make sure that when it comes to their ambitions, their drives, that they're really watching that their emotional life doesn't get in the way because it can. Same with Mars and Pisces. You know, I did a whole, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. I can't get into it. Oh my God. I... Game of Thrones was great. But Everybody is telling thing. me this. <laughs> well, I did a whole thing uh, on my blog, uh, which I borrowed some of the things for the book, uh, for my uh, book, Astrology for Real Life. But I did uh, Mars for, and I compared them to different Games of Thrones characters. Mm -hmm. And one of the, for Mars and Cancer, we did Caitlin Stark. She's the mother lion. And that's the one thing with, uh, again, if you look at Mars and Cancer, oh my God, your emotions are going to get in the way, blah, blah, blah. It's like, now wait a minute though, this is the mother lion you touch their family now you're gonna die so it's not what you think it is it can still fight mars and cancer can still be powerful as long as they watch that the emotions don't interfere but if you touch that's, one of their kin um, you're in deep shit. excuse my french no no it's fine um, i mean that's really what i that is the, you're describing the struggle of my life <laughs> Uh, and that's why I look at that particular placement. I'm like, man, I wish I could change that one thing. Right. But, but you can't, and you got to work through it. I, it's not that I, I wish I could change it. It's that I need to learn how to work with it the correct way, because as a, 
Leo Sun and Leo Moon, and then Scorpio Ascendant, right? I've got a, a my Ascendant is square to both my Sun and my Moon, and that causes mm-hmm. a bit of friction. But I personally find squares to be more motivating if yep. you look at them the right way. Um, and and I and also I very much like who I am. Um, I've never struggled with that, so I, I like the Scorpio aspects of myself and I like the Leo aspects of myself. But when I have a strong desire to do something, for example, right now, I'm about to launch through my website, my first series of courses on the hermetic principles and on basic astrology and tarot. And I'm terrified to do it. And I've I've been putting it off and I'm just, I I put it off for one month and now I'm considering putting it off for a second month because I'm scared and I'm trying to work through that. And I feel like that's that Mars and cancer throwing water on my fire. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. You've got to get past that. And by the way, Mars and Cancer with all that Leo stuff, the people who have a chart like that, they're naturally good parents because they remember what it's like to be a kid. They remember all of that. They remember. And when they tap into that, they're the best parents. They really are. So it's not a bad placement. Mars and Cancer will go to bat for their loved ones. And again, when it comes to other things in your life, like this class that you're about to teach, that's when you have to think of it like, this is my quote unquote family and you really wanna protect it and take care of it and nurture it and nourish it. And Mm -hmm. then you're gonna work past that fear and it's gonna turn into something that uh, you're gonna feel really good about. And you're probably gonna attract students who really wanna be nurtured and cared for in some way. That's brilliant. That that's so brilliant, and I can feel the the shift in perspective as you said that 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 is the right way to look at it. That's incredible. Thank you. That, that's... What's... Go ahead. <laughs> Does it? Well, that's the power of astrology. Is to to to. I mean, that's what I love so much about it is that you can somebody can say a few words to you mm-hmm. about your chart, and you can see it differently, and then you can get it. Yes, and that's, that's magic. And it's all about working with it. And same like working with the transits. You know, we talked earlier about uh, Saturn return. Well, let's talk about the Mercury retrograde. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> now I've got six planets ruled by Mercury in my chart. My chart is Mercury, Mercury, Mercury. It's all mutable. Everything's locked in this massive T-square. It's considered, quote, unquote, a bad chart, by the way. But I don't Mm -hmm. look at it as bad. It's a very motivated chart. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I find when Mercury stations retrograde, I always feel it right before it comes because Mm -hmm. I have so many planets ruled by Mercury. And so I've learned that I just have to kind of lean into it instead of freaking out. It's like, all right, well, make sure you back up that damn computer. And this time, don't buy a computer during Mercury retrograde like you did that one time and it didn't Uh work. You know, so I just take some extra precautions, but none of it's like, oh my God, it's more like, oh yeah, this is coming up. It's kind of like that dental visit. I better make sure I'm flossing before I go in there. That's whole yeah. you have to think about it. A little bit of precaution goes a long way. There's no need to flip out. There's no need to freak out. You're working with energy. And so when we work with the energy of our natal chart, we become the best versions of ourselves. When we work with the energy of what's happening around us with mm-hmm. these transits, now we're moving with the flow of life. And that's all what this is all about. Let's move with the flow. Again, let's make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have any personal uh, theories or or thoughts on like what's why why do the planets affect us? What's going on? Well, you know, when we think of the moon, the moon mm-hmm. affects the tides. The moon yes. also affects women's cycles, mm-hmm. and I mean, so women especially were very tuned into the moon. I'm a very lunar person, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So just knowing the pull of that 
why wouldn't mm-hmm. the other planets have a pull in some way? I mean, exactly. these ancient people who came up with astrology, I'm like, you know, maybe these dudes weren't so uh, far off. Maybe they were right on because they were also seeing how the pull of the moon. The moon is a really great example of that. So I tend to look at that and I'm like, hey, if it can affect the oceans, I mean, again, we're that little speck. Don't you think that can affect us? I mean, I don't know if you've ever been a bartender or anything like that. I was a bartender. Mm. And let me tell you, the full moon, they call lunatics for a reason. They named after the full moon. The full moon, those were always be the nights where there were the fights, the drama, the stupid stuff, the people getting obliterated. And, you know, that would always happen. So, again, there's obviously something going on here. Yes, there is. For me, uh, I, I, you know, and it tends to catch me off guard, even though I track the moon daily in my journal. This is so weird because mm-hmm. I have some kind of cognitive dissonance about this. I know that every single month when the full moon starts to approach, I should just plan on not sleeping. I cannot sleep through a full moon. Can't do it. I'll be up till 5 a.m. and I'll fall asleep for two hours and I'll be up at 7. You know, and I'm always surprised by it. I don't know why. But I, I love what you just said because it's all <laughs> – I love it because it's so similar to what I tell people. Um, if I have an elevator pitch for for astrology, it's that, okay, so you learned in third grade science that the moon controls the tides through gravity by pulling on the Earth's water, right? Okay, and what are you made out of? Water. Water. Yeah. And so you, what, you think the moon's not pulling on you? It is. And, and, and Mars is pulling on the moon and so on and so forth to literally every single body in this unthinkably large thing we call the universe. It's gravity. Gravity connects everything. Space connects everything. And in the same way, I think of that I could um, – I use this. Uh, whenever I do a podcast or a tarot reading, I have this double-sided quartz crystal that I Ooh. place on my computer uh, just to help me connect to the person I'm talking to. And it makes me think about the way a crystal – can change your energetic field well the planets out there are made of these same materials they're they're mm-hmm. and they're massive and giant and they're affecting the entire energy field of the earth you know and that this isn't woo woo this is a kind of science that that science doesn't really like that much right now and that's fine they'll get to it later maybe i don't know you know but it's it's not uh it's not based on nothing right i mean even think of when you think of energy and I mean, everyone's had an experience like this at some point in their life where you meet somebody and there's something about them that just doesn't sit right with you. You can't explain Oh, yeah. They haven't Mm -hmm. done anything. They just showed up and you're like, I do not like this person. It's because you're sensing something that your energy field and their energy field is not working. And usually, I mean, there's always rare exceptions. Usually... You'll find out later on that, oh, my God, I was right. This person was not a good person. So when we look at how we are always feeling energy, we're always feeling it all the time. You run into certain people, it feels good. I mean, animals do it all the time. You see two dogs coming together, and they're they're trying to, to ascertain, are we going to get along? Are you a bad dog? And all of a sudden, you'll see maybe the, the fur bristling, and they start snarling at each other. There's no rhyme or reason. They just... There's something there that's not mixing. They're sensing something's not right. Energy is energy. We're all sensing it on one level or another. That's like, you know, sometimes back in the day, I would have people say, oh, I'm not psychic at all, and I don't believe in this. I'm like, well, have you ever had an experience where you're kind of got a bad feeling and it turns out to be true? Well, yeah. I said, well, that's psychic stuff. Oh, I didn't think of it like that. I'm like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. That, That thing right there. And also, 
the newspaper horoscopes that you were mentioning. I mean, I think these things are are almost. I'm not going to be one of those people. It's like it's all conspiracy, man. But you know, it's it's like they're made to deter you from believing in this stuff. Because if you read your Sunday morning horoscope and you expect that to like tell the story of your life, you're in for you know a surprise. It's it's very hard based on just someone's sun sign to say this is what's going to happen to you today. Come on, that's not how it works, right? You need to look at a person's whole chart or the idea that psychic powers are going to manifest as this profound visionary experience. No, it's subtle and you need yes. to pay attention to it. It's oh not going to be in yes. your face. You are so right because I think that's the thing. You you nailed it right there. People get this idea and this is again media that suddenly mm -hmm. you're going to see like your dead grandmother standing in front of you and she's going to be giving you the lottery numbers. It's like, it doesn't work like that. Oftentimes it is. You're right. It's very subtle. You get a feeling, maybe a song pops in your head. Maybe you're just sensing something. You don't know why. I mean, there's so many different types of, uh, of psychic, uh, you know, skills or whatever you want to call them. And mm -hmm. it's, it's rarely that big blammo, visual thing it's rare no and if you want to have that big blammo visual thing like i was just speaking with uh jason miller in the last episode about this and he was describing going through a nine month long process in order to have an interaction with the his holy guardian angel and that it took that nine months of work in order to manifest that experience yep. that's what it is that's what it takes you got to tune into it you got to work with it you got to understand that even and this is my advice to anyone out there listening right now who's on the fence about this stuff don't don't aim to understand it first just experience it aim to understand it later because the understanding takes a lifetime but the experience you can have right away if you just yes tune into it and damien eccles wrote um I, by the way i love jason miller i really highly respect his work he's amazing oh my god it was so cool to talk to him he, yeah. he's so smart and damien eccles has written also extensively on magic and angels and archangels and his experiences with them and it's never again what you think when it's like it's just going to happen you know whatever a lot of times it takes a lot of work and uh, i remember him sharing one story about you know the first time seeing an angel and it wasn't anything like you know he thought it was going to be or like we think it is and it also required a tremendous amount of ritual before it actually happened so that's the other thing when you want these really big experiences well listen it takes some effort if you want to experience magic it takes some effort very few people are just able to be natural magicians it takes some some sort of effort it so does take effort it, and also the point is not to show it off the point is not to impress other people with parlor tricks the point is to understand yourself better to improve your life to manifest better things for yourself because and this this is my point of view i'm not i i try very hard on the show to never um tell people that i'm telling them what is i'm right. telling i'm telling you what i believe okay not what you should believe i'm telling people what i believe but to me, when you're you're manifesting your entire reality all the time, it's what are you doing it consciously or unconsciously? What degree are you able to take control of what you are manifesting? But make no mistake, you are manifesting it. Right? Yes. And magic is to simply grab the wheel of your manifestations, even if it's just five or ten percent, it'll change your life to a degree that feels like a million percent. Absolutely. And by the way, also sometimes psychic stuff is stupid. This is the other thing. People think it's going to be this, oh, it's this great big thing. But one of my favorite stories is many years ago, I was sitting in my office and just fiddling around. And all of a sudden, I'm like, 
I had this vision in my mind of these socks with monkeys on them. And I came upstairs, I told my husband, I said, you know, I think someone's going to give me a pair of socks with monkeys on them. Then we get some monkey socks. He goes, what the hell are you talking about? I said, I don't know. I had a vision about it. But then I forgot about it. And about two months later, a client was in town from Minnesota. So there's no way she could have known. It's not like this is someone I even talked to. My husband's the only one I told him this dumb thing. And she sits at the table. She goes, oh, hey, I've got a gift for you. And she pulls out these socks with monkeys on them. <laughs> and I was like blown away. I'm like, oh, my God. I had to run upstairs and show them to my husband. You know, of course, him being a sarcastic burglar says, well, can't you get lottery numbers? I mean, monkey socks, really? I'm like, that's the way intuition works. Sometimes you get a profound thing. Sometimes it saves your lives. And sometimes it's just the stupid monkey socks. It's the same with magic. Sometimes you're going to be putting some energy out there and you're really focused and you're manifesting something great. Other times you're thinking a lot of stupid, foolish things. And then you wonder why stupid, foolish things keep happening. That's magic too. Totally. Um, I have a similar story except I didn't receive a vision. It was just a joke. I would constantly make this joke as a kid. And the joke, of course, is derived from my sort of dislike of living in America. And I, I, I always thought of America as the bully of the world. I, I always you – know, I'm not going to get into politics on this show. But I, as a kid, I was always like, I want to get out of here, man. This isn't this isn't where I want to be, but I assumed I would always be there. I assumed I would always live in California, um, but I would constantly make jokes about how, yeah, someday I'm going to move to Canada. I'm going to run away to Canada. Well, guess what? I live in Red Deer, Alberta, and my son was born here, and it, this joke that I would make constantly as a kid turned into my reality. Um, so I, I, I attribute that to a sort of inner knowing that manifested as these jokes I would be always making. Right now, my sister lives in Canada, too. Uh, I don't think she deliberately chose that and just happened, but who knows? Uh, I think that's really interesting. You know, I always fantasized about New York when I was a kid. I thought about it all the time. I ended up living there for a while. And even though I didn't stay there, I visit, well, not with COVID now, not, but uh, usually I visit New York at least once a year. And it's a place that I'm very, very tuned into. Can't explain why. It's just, it, it was something I was into, talked about it all the time. And then boom, there I was. Well, well, I think that just like when you were talking about uh, meeting a person and you just your energy and their energy, are, it's it's a mismatched frequency. It's a disharmonic frequency. It's like playing uh, an E and an F together on the piano at the same time. It doesn't sound good. You know, They're, that's not to say the E is bad or the F mm -hmm. is bad. It's just that that's not a, a, a pleasant sounding um, harmony. Right. Well, with places, it's got to be the same. It's got to it be. There's, the there's energetic frequency matches for people and places. There's actually a, a thing called astrocartography. Mm -hmm. I did a podcast episode with Rebecca Gordon. Rebecca Gordon's an amazing, amazing astrologer and teacher, and I really love her work. And astrocartography is the study of basically your chart with different locations to see what works for you. And it's funny because when you look at my chart over the United States, there's only one line that goes to the United States and it's all the areas that I would never in a million years want to live. And that's it. I'm like all the places I want to be that I vibe with, I don't have one good line there, but apparently I've got a line that goes right through Syria, which I have no intention on going there. That's supposed to be the best place ever for me. So it's, it's very strange, but I mean, I don't know. I've never been there. Who knows? I might go there and love it. I might go to these places in the United States and love it. I got an attitude about it. You don't know, but that is a very interesting science. And one of the things that's super fascinating with astrology. So when you do your solar return chart, 
that you do that once a year it's a birthday chart and it just shows the energy of you know what your year is going to be like and what areas are going to be challenging blah 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 however many years ago i had this dude do my chart and he said um yeah you know what you need to do you need to go to los angeles on your birthday i said why he goes you'll have a better solar return you'll have a better year i'm like uh all right well I, i'll try anything once i like to think of myself as one big experiment so i did i went to los angeles on my birthday that year and i had one of the best years ever one that's of awesome. the best years there were, and and that's where the solar return works so you look at your chart uh for the solar return like where you are right now uh or where you plan to be on your birthday that year and if you don't like the way it looks well then you start looking at different locations and then you pick a different place to be on your birthday to stack the odds in your favor there's a book about it uh i've got it here by bob marks called uh what the heck is it i always forget the title but it's a book about manifest success or something about find love and happiness on your birth by traveling on your birthday but it's bob marks and i gotta tell you after this guy had me do that i was like blown away and i'm like this does work so i always like to check my silly return but of course with covid the last couple of years we haven't been able to travel Right. And last year, my solar return, I'm like, I'm going to be stuck at home. And the planets were not friendly. And I'm like, son of a gun. I had such a crappy year. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. So this year, I'm, I'm still stuck here because of COVID. And I went and did the solar return. I'm like, okay, the planets are looking good. So even though I'm stuck here, I don't have to travel anywhere. I'm going to be okay this year. It's super interesting. That is super interesting. Um, in fact, my friend, uh, my good friend, Nicole, who runs uh, her her Instagram is uh, Highest Good Readings, and now she just opened up a shop in Salem. Uh, it's the Modern Magic Ooh. Academy. It's so cool. But she did some astro cartography for me right before I moved here because I just recently moved here from Ontario, Canada to Alberta, and I was not excited about this move at all. I didn't want to do it, but. It made sense for a lot of reasons, made sense for my kid. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, I would do anything for my kid. I would literally do, I would move to hell for my kid. Um, so we came here and I actually love it. I love it. She said, she told me I would find a great job here and a few other things that have come to pass. Now, the, the one thing I'm not sure about, and this is causing me a little bit of anxiety. In fact, I need to reach out to her about this is that I have two great job opportunities here. Uh, one, I got a job offer um, that I'm for a job that starts um, a month and a half from now, um, which would be a great job for me. Now, now in the daytime, I work in construction. Uh, I'm a contractor. Okay. And uh, so this is a construction office, an office job in the construction industry. I won't have to get up at 630 in the morning and go somewhere cold and hit a hammer anymore. I'll be in an office. It'll be really nice. Um, decent enough salary benefits, all that good stuff. But I'm also feeling really pulled and called to launch these courses and to do this full time. And it was during, you know, right after I moved here is when I made contact with Wiser Books and set up this interview, for example, things are happening. And I don't know which one of these two career opportunities I'm supposed to uh, go with. And I, I don't, I, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> It's time for a reading with your reader then, obviously. Yeah. I love what you said about doing anything for your son. I mean, that is like so Leo, Mars and Cancer right there, the perfect example of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's my whole world. I love it. Come on. I mean, right. I, I in my opinion, uh, the meaning of life is or like the purpose of life is when you have kids like that. And you're like, oh, OK, I get it. I get it now. This is this is what we're doing here. We're, we're doing this. 
we're just making more of us and we're trying to raise them to be a little bit better than things were for us. And through yes. that process, we'll create a better world. Um, and yeah, and he's a Pisces. And, you know, it's, it's a, there's a little bit of that water and fire uh, going mm-hmm. on between us, but like, I just, <sighs> I think that's I beautiful. I've got two yeah. children. They're adults. They're no longer little. Uh, my daughter's almost 40. So, you know, I've got children in a very different stage of life, but we hang out all the time. We Mm -hmm. live so close to each other and kids are everything. And I, by the way, I planned my children by astrology. That's how. Oh, wow. Well, they came early and kind of messed up my my little master plan, uh, especially my daughter, but they turned out to be great. They're so, my kids are, my kids are like, Look, if I'm hanging out with anybody, it's like it's either my kids or my husband. I I don't care about hanging out with anyone else. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. My um, you know, I'm very busy. I work a lot. I have a full time regular job. I'm a single father, and I do this podcast, and I have several tarot clients, and I'm trying to expand to do more. So I don't have like a huge social life. This podcast, this is my social life. This is what I do. I get to talk to really, really super interesting people who I look up to. And I think that that's better than, you know, just trying to go out and and talk to somebody at a bar because I don't drink. So you got to make it work for you. However, whatever kind of person you are. Um, Now, when you say you try to plan your kids with astrology and I've heard this from other people before and it never, it never ends up the way exactly the way you want it to. They always decide for themselves that they're going to be a little bit late, a little bit early and pick a different sign. <laughs> However, I have helped uh, clients who are getting C-sections mm-hmm. pick the time that I've been Ooh. able to do successfully and it's worked out great, but you know, I didn't get that option with my kids because they decided when they're going to come. So what I did is I decided, okay, the first child I said, I want a Leo. And I want a girl. I was really determined it's going to be a girl too. Everyone said, well, you're nuts. What if it turns out to be a boy? I'm like, now it's going to be a girl. I just know. And I want a Leo. Why? Because Leo children are sunny. They're creative. They are, they're loving. They've got big hearts and, you know, and they're also dynamic. And I'm like, okay, I've got to have a Leo daughter. So planned it, got pregnant and she was due August 15th. And that was her grandfather's birthday. I'm like, well, this is some divine timing. He's a pretty Mm -hmm. cool dude. But of course she came three weeks early. She just made Leo like within hours. Otherwise she would have been a cancer. I was flipping out in the hospital. I'm like, oh my God, don't be a cancer. Please, not that there's anything wrong. I love cancers, but I wanted a Leo daughter. I got my Leo daughter and her chart, if she would have been born, and this is one of the funniest things who she hates the story. If she would have been born on her due date, this was like the chart of the most obedient, like wonderful kid and i'm like oh my god this is such a good chart well she came three weeks early and i did the chart in the hospital and i'm like oh my god the entire chart is all fixed signs i'm doomed i'm doomed my chart's almost all mutable i was like devastated but anyhow we get along great we're thick as thieves and really interesting and she hates it when i tell people that though i ran into a kid who was born on her birthday Mm -hmm. i did and this kid was kind of like this perfect little girl. I'm like, God, this little girl's so fabulous. And here I've got this difficult child who's <laughs> driving me batty. But what's so interesting later on now that everyone's adults and stuff, it's like, oh, no, I was the right mother for this child and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that child, that was the right parent for her. Mm-hmm. It all worked out. She did turn out fabulous. My daughter turned out fabulous, but we were really they were with the right, they got the right assignment. Uh, yeah. But it she was, my daughter really, um, 
she was a test. Now my son, uh, I planned him to be Aquarius. And I'm like, I gotta have an Aquarius. It's gotta be a boy. That's just the way it's gotta be. Got it all planned in my head. Got pregnant. Uh, he was due January 27th. He came January 20th, just made Aquarius. And it's so funny because he was born on the first Martin Luther King holiday. And my brother had told me, he goes, your son's going to come, your kid is going to come early. We didn't know if it was a boy or girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to come on Martin Luther King Day. I said, well, why would you think that? He goes, I had a dream. And he thought he was funny by saying that. And he was actually right. My son did come on that day and just made Aquarius. I mean, I was like cutting it close there. So it was not a perfect plan, but I got what I wanted. And, you know, that's in the grand scheme of things, I guess that's all that matters. <laughs> That's okay. That is so interesting to me in so many ways because, and again, like I'm going to talk about my own spiritual perspective now. Um, I had an experience, not an experience. I was, I was present for a child saying something. Um, my ex girlfriend, who is a wonderful person, had this wonderful little girl. Um, and her daughter, we were just sitting on the couch one day, we were watching TV, and out of nowhere, her daughter said, Mommy, I picked you from the sky. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I believe that that's, so I, again, I believe not telling anybody else what to believe. I believe that, that that is kind of what's going on. So like from that perspective, it sounds to me like your kids kind of like compromise between what their plan was for their astrology and what your plan was for their astrology. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll just go right in the middle of that, you know, let her have what she wants, but we're also gonna, we're gonna, you know, get to what our original plan was and that and that yeah you're you're going to be the right parent for that kid right um that's yeah that's just it's super interesting to me because i don't know right i'm just guessing but we i, have I no do idea. like to think yeah we have no idea all we know is we're trying to get an idea we're trying to make sense and again that's what this all boils down to tarot astrology magic we're trying to make sense out of it all and mm. try to find our way in the world and trying to see where we fit in the world, uh, why we're here, you know, what's it all about, Elfie, whatever you want to say. We're really trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I definitely, you know, um, I strongly believe in free will. I definitely absolutely believe that we have free will, but I believe that our free will is in a way, in an intentional way, sort of diametrically opposed to the will of what you could call the Tao or the universe, right? The universe has a will as well. And you can sort of divine that will through astrology. And then you've got to make your own personal choices to either go with it or against it or whatever. And that's your, your freedom, right? So the way that I like to think about it, and, and I'm going to use these terms in the way that I use them again, not saying that this is the correct usage of these terms or anything, but I think you have both a destiny and a fate. And your free will determines where in between the two you land. But you're still going in that direction. And those are the things, essentially, that, that, that you, can, you can defy the will of the universe to an extent mm -hmm. with your own free will. But you can't, can't turn back time, you're, for example. You can't decide. Um, there, there are some things, as you were saying, that are faded and there are some things that are not. Right on. And, you know, I always like one of my favorite stories, um, a tarot story, by the way, really illustrates this. I got a many, many years ago, I was dating some dude and anyhow, he wasn't being honest. There was another person in the picture and I kind of called him on it. He's like, no, 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 you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever song and dance. So what did I do? Of course, I went and got a tarot reading. I'm like, I need to see what's going on here. And this tarot reader lays out the cards and she said, I don't remember anything except the last card. The last card was the three of wands. And she's like, okay, he's going to choose you. 
it's all going to be great. And that, that other person will be on the outside looking in. And I said, oh, really? She goes, yep. So I'm like, okay. And I went home and I dumped him immediately because I'm like, nah, that's not how the tarot lady works. You know, I'm really, the one thing is with my love life, I'm super cut and dried. It's like, boom, burn the match. I never look back. Well, the interesting thing is. That's a Scorpio moon. <laughs> that's a Scorpio moon. He ended up with the other person. They had children together and then they, they parted ways. And, you know, I've, I tend to be friendly with my exes. So uh, even though I dumped his ass, we were still friends. And one year I was hanging out with him and we were like just walking around the city and we went to a pizza parlor and sat inside the pizza parlor and we're sitting there enjoying our pizza and all of a sudden here she comes and she stops by the window and she's looking in just at the three of wands and this is like wow. 20 years 20 years after that and i just Whoa. remember thinking oh my god that tarot reading and i just also think about how this really illustrates that reading that lady was seeing the energy I went and I made a decision, a free will decision, boom, ended it immediately. And then 20 years later, here are the situations there. And we're together, but not together like a partner, just like friends. And there she is. How do you explain that? I mean, the, it's the patterns. It's, it's as you were saying in the beginning, it's the patterns. And the patterns are going to play themselves out one way or another. So what you do is you, what you, do is you, you buy this book and then you, you twist your fate uh to to change the way that the pattern manifests but the pattern is going to manifest the yes. pattern is the pattern that's the perfect example and you know there's so many times too where i've done readings for people and um one of my favorite clients back in the day she goes you know i'd get a reading from you and something would happen i think oh that's probably what the reading meant and then something happens and i'm like oh that's what the reading meant and readers you know sometimes the way we translate the information may not make sense, but it will make sense eventually. eventually you just got to yeah. look for those breadcrumbs and see how they go together. They yeah. work. Yeah. And that's, so that's a pet peeve of mine is, um, you know, I'm, I'm particular about my clients, uh, with Tara because I, I don't, I tend to drop clients, um, who are always looking for like black and white answers oh, about yeah. what's going to happen tomorrow right i'm like okay this, this it doesn't work that way i mean i can give you my best guess but i always have to preface waste 10 minutes explaining like look you know you're involved in this it's yes. not it's not a matter of just what's going to happen or you know you can't treat tarot like a guessing game like we're talking about symbolism and energies and patterns we're not talking about like I can't guarantee you this, that, or the other thing. Like if I tell you that this is going to happen, right? And then you wake up tomorrow morning with a wild hair up your ass and decide to do something completely different, then it's going to change the way that this goes down, right? And, and I can't control you and I can't control all these other people, right? I can just tell you about what energies and patterns I see emerging as this story plays out. And that's how I treat tarot is through storytelling. Yep. And I, I think with tarot and astrology and all that, again, it gives you options. It mm -hmm. really gives you options. And when you work with the energy, even if you don't like, like, for example, I didn't like that reading, obviously, because I went and dumped this dude immediately. Uh, I didn't, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to play that. You still have to show up and do the work. You still have to make choices. Life doesn't just happen to you. It doesn't just happen to you. You're still in that driver's seat. Now, what are you going to do with that? What mm -hmm. are you going to do? Uh, yes. You know, it's like, a lot of times, you know, like people will come and they have that life happens to me thing, especially around romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And I would have people, will I meet somebody? And it's like, yes. 
And then you hear them later. Well, I didn't meet anybody. Did you go on a date? Yeah, I met, I met a lot of people, but you know, nothing worked out. Well, you didn't ask if it was going to work out. You just asked if you're going to meet somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, or or they want to meet somebody. They get a reading and it shows the potentials there. And what do they do? They sit at home. They don't do anything. Well, what did you do? Did you get out there? Did you put yourself out there? The energy was working for you. Well, no, I didn't really do it. Well, what do you think that's going to happen then? I mean, the only way someone shows up at your door and you're going to get some romance is, you know, fairy tales or porno movies. It doesn't happen Mm -hmm. in real life. Yeah, no, it doesn't. You got to still do the work. And all readers do is we're looking at, again, pattern and energies. Mm -hmm. You still got to make some decisions. You still got to, you got to do something here. Yeah, it's not just happening definitely. to you. That's good. So this is what I this is how I like to say. I love that you're saying this. I love this. Um, when I try to explain this to clients, uh, especially if they have a little bit of familiarity with the tarot, I say the difference between the fool and the magician from zero to one. The first step in mysticism and in, in this journey and understanding what's going on here is that the fool believes that he is reacting to the outside world. The magician understands that the outside world is reacting to him or her. That's, that's the difference. You're either letting it all happen to you or you understand that you're making it all happen. And then mm-hmm. can you, can you take responsibility for that and then move forward with it? That's a great analogy and responsibility. I love that word, by the way, because we have personal responsibility. And we have to take responsibility. And that's what, here's my love of Saturn. Saturn's all about taking responsibility. Mm. When you start taking responsibility for your choices, your actions, your words, the way you treat other people, you know, when you really take full responsibility, that's also the key to really having a magical life. Not saying, well, you know, everything's like this because mom and dad were so horrible. Well, okay, mom and dad, maybe we're horrible. What are you going to do with that? Be a better parent, be a better human. You know, what are you going to do? Oh, I got dumped. Oh, my God, how awful. Well, you got dumped, but there's, what did you learn from the experience? What did you learn? And how are you going to apply that to your next relationship? What choices are you going to make? You know, so I'm not one of those people that tends to look at anything that, quote, unquote, happened to me as, oh, my God, this is going to define me. It's like, no, this is going to teach me. What am I going to do from here? Uh, Even when good things happen, great, something awesome happened. But what are you going to do with it now? What are you going to do with this opportunity? Are you going to sit on it? It's going to be the last thing you ever do. Are you just going to be smug and satisfied? Or are you going to look at how to turn that opportunity into another opportunity and grow from that and maybe share the wealth or something? You mm-hmm. know, we always want to be thinking about how are we showing up? We don't want to sleepwalk through life. We want to be awake at the wheel so we can, again, be really using all of these lessons, all of these gifts that life uh, gives us to be again better humans so it's so dead on it's so dead on i love it it reminds me of um the carl jung quote that until you make the unconscious conscious it will rule your life and you'll call it fate you know it's it's taking it's and and a way to do that a way to do that to make the unconscious conscious is through astrology to understand yourself on a deeper level and understand where your drives and patterns are coming from right yep. and for, like for example um understanding your lilith placement can really mm-hmm. give you a, an understanding of like what maybe you need to look out for and avoid or like where your addictions may be you know um and how to use that in a positive way i mean understanding your chiron placement yes know. chiron is super important that's the wounded yes. healer yeah and even if you know 
and and I'm not saying this to say that people aren't victims. There are people who are victims of things in life. Yes. I, I, I lived through Hurricane Katrina. I evacuated. I lost my home. I lost everything. There's nothing I could do about it, right? But But does it do you any good in life to behave as a victim? Definitely not. Even if you may be in every sense of the word a victim of something that happened that's terrible to you, there's, there is a way to transmute that into something positive. And, yeah, and it's and worthwhile to do that. I like what you say. The thing is, and you're so right, because there are things that do happen, horrible things, uh, like a hurricane or, I mean, and there's also different constructs like, um, you know, people who are dealing with things like racial inequity there's you know people much who worse are things with, than hurricanes yeah. yes uh, people who are dealing with uh poverty there's so many horrible things that can happen to you but it's so so important that we use that as motivation we look at the lessons there and sometimes sometimes the lessons in some situations is to ask for and accept help which is mm -hmm. really super humbling too. Sometimes the lesson is to get mad and start a rebellion. You know, mm -hmm. so we've got to look at whatever's happening, quote unquote, to us. And what are you going to do right now? And if you are locked in a situation that's really horrible, then maybe the best thing is to say, let me see about getting some help here. Yeah. No shame in that. Now, and speaking of horrible things and asking for help, how do you feel as an astrologer? What are your thoughts on the year of 2022 in general? Uh, 2022, well, 2020 was more of a astrological shit show, in my opinion. 2020 was yeah, intense. Yeah, that's right. 2020, 2020, yeah. In 2021, I was also kind of like, eh, it's a little better, but not much. And so I'm like, mm. and then 2022 was like, it's getting somewhat better. There's some improvements here, but still there were some tough aspects with the outer planets and so since 2020 we've been having some really really tough stuff going on astrologically 2020 was really rough yeah. um 2023 gets a lot better yeah a lot better we just got to get through this damn election here in the u.s that's the only thing i'm worried about because it falls on an eclipse with mars retrograde so i'm a little bit like ah, let's get through the election people please remember to vote remember to vote but um 2020 was astrologically tough 2021 2022 2023 is again going to start getting better and 2024 we're in the u.s at least we're finally out of that damn pluto return and i'm just hoping we don't kill our democracy in the point in the process i hope so too i really hope so too i hope that that I hope that America still exists after its Pluto return because there are uh, historically empires that have fallen during their Pluto return, correct? Yes. Um, yeah. I hope that I hope that we make it. But it's scary. It's these are scary times. Um, there's it's always so been much. scary times, though, Sanray. It's always been scary. This is the one thing I say also because I get people. I'll never forget when Y2K was going on. Let me tell you something. I made a lot of money during Y2K with people coming and saying, "Oh my God, I'm worried about." I said, "It's going to be the big so what." It's yeah. going to be the big so what. And there's been other really horrible things. After, after every election, I would have clients from either side. The, the one, winning side would be like, oh, my God, life's going to be better. The other side, oh, my God, my life's going to fall apart. It, it's always the same every single election. And I would always tell people the same thing. 
the the world has always been messed up because humans are humans and there were horrible things happening back in the day uh think about like the crusades the inquisition the holocaust humans are pretty terrible there's always been horrible things there's always going to be tension there's always going to be drama there's always going to be the people out there trying to grab up all the goodies from themselves and every generation says oh my god things are scary um we always figure out a way i mean the only thing i the the two things i'm nervous about the climate i'm very nervous about that i'm hoping we get it together i'm looking at the younger generation i'm looking at scientists i'm like there's some good people there i think we're going to be okay and with this upcoming election i'm like please young people vote please save us (laughs) please you know you just don't know though i'm really hoping that the younger generation will because politics aside and i think because i think that I could go on for days about how much I how, how much um stupidity I see on both sides and, and and how stupid it is that there are only two sides um but my big hope is that humans in the future will just understand that they are a part of nature and that if you destroy the environment you destroy yourselves Look Look at the relationship between a human being and a tree. It is incredible. It is yep. magical that these things, and even the way that a tree branching out mirrors the way the uh, the veins in your lungs branch out, and they breathe out what we breathe in and vice versa, and we sustain each other. Like We just need to get a grip on that and really understand that it's not something to be argued about, that this mm-hmm. is just a fact, and we just work with that fact. Then yep. we're going to, you know, or... Or the understanding, and this is again why astrology and branching into spirituality becomes so important. You can understand that that person on the other side of the world, that's you. That's just a part of you. That's another part of you. And we are all a part of this planet, and this planet is a living, sentient thing. Again, these are just my beliefs. But, you know, to, 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 if you can take that opinion, even if you don't necessarily thoroughly believe it, but to look at the world as one living thing, one living system, and say, okay, well, well we want this thing to keep living. Yes. I mean, and again, it all comes back to we're all breathing the same air. Yeah. We're all yeah. here. I mean, why is there all this separation? Why? That's a construct. We're all yes. here breathing the same air. So people, let's get it together. Let's again become good humans. Let's take care of the earth and each other. And let's stop all this damn fighting that's going mm-hmm. on, that's been going on. Again, the world has always been a shit show because humans are humans, but we can turn it around at any time. And I do look at the younger generation and I will say, as I am really getting close to retirement, I love the younger generation. I love millennials. I love Gen Z. Uh, these kids are so smart. They're so technology aware. They're tolerant. Mm-hmm. They're lovely. They care about the planet. I, I feel hopeful. And I also feel that, you know, and this is my side that maybe sounds kind of cynical, that let's just say, what if we do destroy it all? Well, then cats will rule the world and the world will heal herself. So if we're stupid enough to go the way of the dinosaurs, I'm sure the cats are going to be having a field day, the cockroaches too, and everything will start to grow and glow and clean up again. One interesting fact that then this is something that boggles my mind and and makes me think back to um, the um, Vedic texts and and I am no expert on these by the way I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just talking here okay everyone can disregard me as a total idiot if you want to it's fine this is just me being 
is one of the things I think about. And, and I believe in Bigfoot. All right. So if you want to label me, go ahead. It's fine. But I look at how primates now are, uh, certain primates, orangutans in particular, are entering their stone age. Uh-huh. And how we are entering our, truly entering our space age. And I wonder if we're just going to leave and if they're going to come up. And if that hasn't happened before, if that hasn't been the cycle of life on this planet, I, I have no idea. I just think it's really fucking fascinating. <laughs> we have no Personally. idea. Again, we, yeah. we're just trying to make sense of it all. And it's going to be interesting to see how things evolve, how we evolve, how yeah. our children carry things on, what the stories we are that we leave behind. And how our decisions that we're making right now in this moment, how that's going to impact things. So that's why we've really got to think about being mindful, knowing yourself, working with energy, and again, just trying to hopefully make some damn good decisions. Yeah, make some good decisions and and hopefully, you know, and again, I, I just don't know I, how are we ever going to get to the place where, because I would love so much for the future generations to look at astrology and say like no that's yeah we know we know that's real there's not there's not gonna be that huge argument about it anymore right because it's so helpful we could imagine a whole planet of people um you know looking at this together and saying like we can see where we're going and how well to- i gotta yeah i gotta tell you though um astrology and tarot <laughs> you look a lot younger than i am so i'm gonna assume you're a lot younger um astrology and tarot has so much more of a stigma This younger generation is into it. I mean, I'm watching these young tarot readers and astrologers, like Aliza Kelly, for example. She's an astrologer. She's brilliant. She's out there nailing it. Uh, I watch Colin Bedell, Queer Cosmos, Mecca Woods. There's these young astrologers who are like blowing my mind. And we're in a society now where there's less of a stigma. It's more mainstream. So I think your vision could become a reality i think it's becoming a reality it would be so cool it would be so cool and you know and i'm one of those people who even though i it's weird because for me i'm like okay most people who talk about this i i tend to roll my eyes at them just just a little bit um but i do believe that through the understanding of quantum physics we're going to come to an understanding emerging of spiritual concepts of mystic concepts and scientific concepts um i don't think we're there yet i think that we're um, on the verge of, of maybe starting to see that connection, but I do think it's coming and that it's real and that there's going to be a time when we can look at, not look at because it's unseeable, when we can acknowledge what's unseen as being just as real as what we can see because it's demonstrable through these patterns. I just hope it happens in my lifetime. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm almost 40. I mean, I'm not old yet, but I'm I'm older than you're my daughter's age. Yeah. So in my, in my mind, that's young and <laughs> your general, I think millennials are fabulous, even though they get a bad rap on. What are you talking about? They're like, great. They're tolerant. They're awesome. They're smart. Um, and I just think the younger people, they've got it going on. I watch some of these young activists too, these political activists. I'm like, wow. I mean, I was really politically active when I was young too, but some of these I'm like, I didn't have social media back then. And so I kind of, I kind of dig what they're doing. So I don't know. I I don't feel hopeless. I feel like there's hope we can turn things around and let's just hope we do. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I I think, and I think we will, I really do. I think we will. I'm, I'm hopeful about the future as well. And I think, again, this is one of the, the great gifts of astrology is it gives you, maybe if you have a hard time being hopeful about the future, 
mm-hmm. you know, an understanding that things aren't as random as they seem, that there are patterns playing out here that have purpose and meaning and and that you can derive uh, purpose and meaning for your own life through looking at these patterns as well. It'll give people a lot of hope. In fact, that was one of the big, the one of the really big things for me was that um, prior to, you know, prior to my 30s, I was really depressed. I was really, really depressed. I had a lot of mental health issues. I was, I did not um, see the meaning in life at all. And and I was a fairly strict atheist at the time mm-hmm. and I'm not anymore. And I see meaning in everything now. And that's been one of the great gifts of, of learning the hermetic principles of picking up tarot, of learning astrology. It makes me, it, it gives me the ability to derive meaning from everything and to see life as a sort of playground, you know, and, and, and for me, I, I always, I personally believe that we come back, that we, that we do this mm-hmm. over and over again, and that death isn't really all that scary. And that, as we were talking about earlier, that's a big problem in society is this big fear of death. Well, okay, everyone's going to die. So why are we afraid of it? Why are we afraid of the one thing that is absolutely going to happen? <laughs> we <laughs> need to make it of, more sacred. Know, yeah. Yeah. And we prepare need to treat for it. it. Yep. And we need to treat it as this is another journey, another, it's very sacred. And I, you know, I already got my stuff all planned. So I'm like ready to go when the time comes because I'm not looking at it like, oh my God, the end. The only thing I feel when I start thinking about things like death that really get to me um, is that there's so many songs that I've never heard and that I never will. And that always bothers me because I love music. I'm a music fanatic and there's always music playing in the house. And I walk around singing all day, even though I'm a terrible singer because music is so important and that's the only thing i think about it's like wow just think of all the music in the world that you've never heard and never will that's well, why you, yeah you, i'd like to be immortal just for that you might not hear it in this in uh form in this carnation in this body but maybe you'll hear it in a different one well if i get to the other side i'm just gonna be looking for bowie that's gonna be the first thing <laughs> yeah Hmm. Uh, do you have a copy of the Starman Tarot? I do. I have the deluxe and edition. Do you have any particular thoughts or feelings about it? Uh, I wish it was printed on better paper. Okay. Yeah. That. That too. This it is where you're always going to hear. You're always going to hear me bitch about that. I yeah. wish it was printed on better paper. The deck is okay. Um, I really. I didn't get into it as much as I would have. There wasn't enough Bowie in there for me. I see. I thought there was too much Bowie. I thought yeah, that I was, there was a bit of a trickster element to this deck and it kept flipped like freaking me out. And so I gave it to a friend. I love David Bowie. I'm like, I love David Bowie. Uh, and I thought it was gonna be like, okay, this is gonna be the deck. This is gonna be the deck I use forever. And I, I couldn't hang on to it. It was, yeah. it was too trick. It was too slippery, too tricky for me. It didn't give me um, answers that were, and this is at the beginning of my tarot journey also. So maybe it was just yeah. that, right. That I was just learning to, I, I didn't know how to take the correct meaning from those cards, but I kept felt like it was kind of, um, it was a deck that likes to poke at you. Well, for me, it's like, I was really excited about the beginning because Bowie. <laughs> uh, but then after a while, when I was working with him, I'm like, I'm just not really feeling it. I wish I would. There's some decks like that. You know, you get excited about them. It's great. There's some decks I love that will always be decks that I love that I always use. There's <laughs> other decks that kind of like, you think, eh, whatever. And then later on, it's like, damn this deck reads really well so it's not always the first impression and that one my first impression i was excited but then it just wasn't bowie enough for me i love bowie i got to see the bowie exhibit when i was in brooklyn it was so amazing that dude was really skinny by the way oh my god 
I saw him live too many years ago. Amazing, yeah. best concert ever. Best That's so ever. cool. Yeah, that's so cool. I love. Yeah, I so if I had a time machine, I would live every day of the rest of my life in the 1980s. Oh, me down. too. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. I wish I would have been born also about five years earlier, uh, because when all the stuff was happening in New York in the late 70s, early 80s, that would have been my jam right there. Yeah, I was born a little bit too late, just a little. Well, I'm glad that you were born when you were born because it allowed you to do the things you've done, which I appreciate very much. Uh, I, and I really appreciate this conversation. Uh, we're about out of time, unfortunately, but this has been great. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I'd love to have you back again because I think this is so much more we could talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. And I always love talking tarot, astrology, Bigfoot, the universe, space, black <laughs> holes. I mean, this is my kind of jam. Bowie, it's all good. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I love this stuff. Yeah, it's it's what I live for. And I know that some people don't understand it, and that's okay. Everyone's at their own, uh, they're where they need to be in terms of understanding. But I do want to do what I can, just like you're doing, to you know elevate the the understanding of maybe people who who have a hard time getting into this stuff and i think that your book does such a great job of that um so if you're out there and you you don't really get under uh, astrology maybe you're a tarot reader and you feel like i did a few years ago where astrology is intimidating pick up twist your fate this is the book get this book it's fantastic and again thank you so much Teresa. and i will see you next time thank you bye bye